depending on what time of day it is when you are listening to this, I would offer a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. And thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on April 6, 2022. I'll dedicate this Bible study and reflection to my mother, Thelma Elliott Suggs. She would be 97 years old today. I miss her, but her memory will never leave. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for hearing us when we come to you in prayer. Help us to remember that we're no different from your chosen people, the Israelites, because they needed you then, and we need you now. You heard their cry while they were in bondage in Egypt. And through Jesus Christ, you hear our cries as well. For that, we are grateful. And thank you, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I get into today's study, I want to give you a quick update on my friend Joe that I met in Brevard, North Carolina. He is currently in Virginia with his sister and working on several renovation projects. On the 14th of this month, he will begin volunteering for a homeless ministry. As of this morning, he has been sober 57 days in a row. Congratulations, Joe. Because he's so busy, he is currently not working on any new bird houses, but he promised he would let me know when he does. Please continue to keep Joe in your prayers. Thank you very much. Question. Do we tend to think that burdens are a modern-day invention? Do you ever feel like you're the only person that has ever suffered or is suffering now? Close your eyes for a moment and imagine you are an ancient Israelite. You might ask, how ancient? Well, how about 3,468 years ago? Why should I be that specific? Well, so we can have a comparison of their situation then and our situation now, whatever that may be. You know, we refer to the good old days sometimes when we are feeling a little melancholy and sorry for ourselves because of current circumstances. Imagine yourself being a foreign correspondent for a news outlet and you're going to interview as many people out of a large group as possible and ask them what they and their forefathers had experienced for the last 430 years. Well, let's put this in context. We are talking about the ancient Israelites that had just been taken into captivity and then led out of captivity. They had been relocated from their home to Egypt to serve relentless pharaohs. How relentless, you might ask. If you are lucky enough to be that correspondent and you chose Moses to interview, here's what he would have told you. 
Moses would have started with the conversation he had with God when God appeared to him in the burning bush. This reading comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now God sent Moses and Aaron to be his representatives before Pharaoh. God gave Pharaoh many opportunities to let the Israelites go home. You will remember the ten plagues he brought on Egypt, and each time Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Pharaoh had the Israelites making bricks for any number of his various building projects. During the interview, Moses would have told you how hard Pharaoh's heart actually became. Here is Pharaoh's response to Moses and Aaron's pleas to let the Israelites leave captivity. This comes from the book of Exodus as well, chapter 5, verses 4 through 11. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they're crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it. But your work will not be reduced at all. Wow. Maybe one of the questions we would have posed to Moses would have been, just how many years were the Israelites held captive in Egypt? And our answer would come in Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 through 42. Now, the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. 
what we would observe from, excuse me, what would we observe from the passages we just heard from the book of Exodus? And gosh, we would have observed a lot, but here are a few bullet points. Point one, God saw his people mis people's misery in Egypt and heard their cry. As a result of what he saw and what he heard, he was concerned about their suffering. We also see and observe that God is going to rescue his people with the enlisted help of Moses and Aaron. Another observation is the ramped up cruelty of Pharaoh because of Moses and Aaron intervening. We also note the total time that the Israelites were held captive was 430 years. Compare that to the age of the United States. We've only been a country for 246 years. They were captive for 430. I always find it very helpful to put things in some sort of perspective. What would our interpretation of these passages be? Well, many things, but in a nutshell, the Israelites needed a Savior. And in and through Moses and Aaron, God was their Savior. Can any correlation to this story be found anywhere else in the Bible? Well, yes, I believe it can. So let's look at Exodus 5, verses 22 through Exodus 6, verse 8. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But, my, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with the mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Now, God rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt and promised to make them his own treasured possession, a holy set-apart nation, and 
he was going to personally dwell in their midst and bring them into the promised land. Two words in the last reading jumped off the page as I was preparing this study. Those two words are one covenant and two yoke, and that's Y-O-K-E. God made a promise to the Israelites, and that's basically what a covenant is, a promise. God realized that their burden had been heavy, and that's, that's why he said he was going to remove the yoke of oppression they had lived under for th 430 years. These two words serve as a signpost or a pointer, if you will, for the need of a Savior for everyone. Remember the Bible Project's tagline? The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. So, to add another layer of perspective, we're looking at over 14 centuries that pass by before God visits earth in the person of Jesus. The next passages give us hope today as well as eternal hope. God came to remove the oppressive yoke from the Israelites and make a covenant with them. Jesus came to share his yoke with us and make a new covenant through the giving of his body and shedding of his blood. Listen to the testimony we hear from Matthew in the book he wrote, chapter 11, verses 2 through 6 and 28 through 30. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In one of our earlier readings from Exodus, we learn that the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for generations to come. This was in reference to observing the Passover. Well, this leads us to one more correlation because the next reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, as Matthew recounts his experience of sharing the Passover meal with Jesus and the other disciples. This reading is found in Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Listen one more time to the words of Jesus as written in Matthew eleven six. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. In layman's terms, 
Don't lose faith in Jesus. Through learning, loving, living God's word, we will come to know Jesus and will trust him with our burdens here on earth and appreciate and thank him for the covenant promise of forgiveness for our sins and for the promise of eternal life. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and Almighty God, we thank you for hearing the cry of your people and answering that cry through your saving grace and your love for your people. We thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to share his yoke with us. Through the giving and shedding of his body and blood, we receive salvation and eternal life. We are grateful for this and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now go in peace, serve the Lord.